welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. According to the NPD Group's Future of Snacking report, Americans ate more than 386 billion snacks last year, and IRI reports the category brought in a whopping $89 billion by the end of 2017, with an additional $16 billion in sales predicted over the next five years. Now, much of this growth is fueled by demand for convenience as time-crunched shoppers look to replace meals with on-the-go snacks, which means as hungry for snacks as consumers are, they won't settle for just anything. Rather, they increasingly want products that are better for them and that offer functional benefits. They also want a wide variety that can easily snap into any day part and fulfill any craving. To meet this need, hundreds of new snacks launch every year, but not all of them make the cut, as illustrated by the grim statistic that about 80% of new CPGs fail within the first year. To find out what it takes to make it long-term in the competitive snacking segment, as well as what consumers want from the space, this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast features industry veteran Craig Lieberman, who founded the Better For You cracker brand 34 Degrees in 2003. Drawing on his more than 15 years of experience making entertainment crisps, and more recently snackable sweet crisps and savory snaps, Lieberman reflects on how the snack segment has evolved over the past 10 years and predicts where it's heading. He also shares hard-earned lessons about how to balance flavor and health, what it takes to turn a concept into a viable and lasting product, how to evaluate potential business partners, and the benefits of a collaborative environment and leadership style. When Lieberman first launched 34 Degrees in 2003, snacking was in the background, a style of eating that some people indulged in occasionally and often mindlessly. As such, taste, quality, and health all took a back seat with the average consumer simply not caring as much as they do today. But Lieberman cared. He wanted his unique wafer-thin crisps that originated in Australia to made from only a handful of premium quality, simple ingredients that would elevate rather than compete with their cheese or dip pairing. These values eventually helped 34 Degrees ride the swelling wave of snacking and make the transition from just an entertaining brand. My roots were in specialty cheese, and I discovered these really unique wafer-thin crisps in Australia. That was one of the lines that I used to import. And what I loved about them is they really lent themselves to pairing with cheeses and dips really beautifully. Um, I had never experienced a cracker like that growing up. I mean, these these wafer-thin crackers that you know were fairly neutral in flavor, um, and because of the texture and kind of thinness of them that they really allowed cheese or whatever you served on them to shine. And when we launched them in 2008, there was, you know, a lot of um, just excitement and and growth in the specialty cheese category. So we hit the market at the perfect time where there was just a lot of interest and enthusiasm in artisan cheeses from America and abroad and our crisps in the specialty deli or specialty cheese category were, were just a big hit because they really fit with that trend. Um, 
but I, you know, I always felt like our crackers that just the uniqueness of how you can, you know, take them and, and make them more flavorful, um, you know, really would allow us to eventually develop something that was more snackable, more designed to go on its own and be a standalone snack and, and kind of an everyday snack as opposed to our pairing crisps, which are really meant more for entertaining with, with cheese boards and, uh, you know, and with bottles of wine. What's been interesting is just like I described how the trends were around entertaining and artisan cheese 10 years ago, I think what we're seeing is something very similar happening around snacking. There's just an explosion in the snacking category in the way Americans consume snacks. And, you know, 10 years ago when I started, I would say snacks were much more of a mindless activity. And I think today they're much more mindful. I think consumers want um, better for you options in snacking. It's it's really, it's part of our everyday existence now. Um, I mean, we snack a lot as Americans and I think there's just more intention around the, the types of snacks and foods that we consume. So I think what we've seen in the category the last few years is just every type of grain and bean and seed imaginable um, used to to create better for you snacks that still taste delicious, although not all of them do, but but really deliver both on the health and wellness side of things, but also on the experience and the taste, which which is so critical in snacking. Um, you know, people will try things once if you know they feel like it's it's good for them, but they won't keep coming back to it if it doesn't deliver the experience that they're looking for. As Lieberman noted, consumers today want it all. They don't want to sacrifice taste for health, nor do they want to forego health for a flavorful, enjoyable snacking experience. Unfortunately, for years, these values seemed at odds with the snack category and only recently have innovative manufacturers like 34 Degrees demonstrated how these priorities can complement each other rather than just conflict with each other. Lieberman explains that he has approached this dilemma with a great deal of patience. I mean, we start with flavor. I mean, that's just my background. Um, and so I, you know, if something doesn't taste, taste great, um, we're not going to, to bring it out to market. Um, so that's where I always start. Maybe that's different from, from some of how other companies look at it. But for me, that's just a critical component. And, and then, you know, we're also always looking for, for products and ingredients that, that are good for you that um, deliver on both fronts. Um, and I think, you know, what we've been coming out with recently um, are good examples of that. We're really excited about chickpeas right now um, for, for a couple of reasons. One, we, we love the flavor of chickpeas. They're a beautiful kind of neutral buttery base um, that works really well from both an entertaining standpoint and a stacking standpoint. Um, and they, you know, have great functional and health benefits as well. So, you know, sometimes it takes a while to, to find those ingredients or those products that, that can deliver both on the functional and on the, the taste side. Um, but I always say it's worth the wait um, rather than rushing out products that, you know, that might deliver on one but not the other. And I think that's when consumers tend to, um, to not stick with you. From the humble foundation of the chickpea, Lieberman created and launched last year a high-quality gluten-free crisp the success of which speaks to two dominant trends in the snacking that brands cannot ignore if they want to survive. Plant-based products that also fit personalized diets. We launched a, our first ever gluten-free crisp uh, late 
last year. And we're really excited about it because we've always been exploring um, gluten-free options for our line. We probably, it's our number one request from consumers is why don't you have a gluten-free option for your crackers? And it's not that we weren't trying. Um, We tried dozens and dozens of different grains and flours over the years. And I think to the earlier point, um, they tend tended not to deliver um, in terms of flavor or overall quality. And I think rather than rush out, uh, you know, gluten-free product just to have it, uh, we really took our time. Probably one could argue took too much time, but, but really waited until we found, you know, what I believe is the right ingredient that delivers, um, you know, the same experience that the rest of our line does in terms of how it pairs with cheese and uh, in terms of the texture and, and taste and everything else. And we're really excited about this item. Um, it's off to an unbelievable start. I think what we're hearing from consumers is not only are they excited about having a gluten-free option to pair with cheeses and dips, but a lot of uh, what we're hearing is they like the flavor um, as much, if not more, than the rest of our line. And um, that's that's a difficult thing to achieve when you're dealing with uh, trying to kind of recreate your your existing line with with a gluten-free option. So we're we're really excited about this item. I think chickpeas are definitely uh, an, an ingredient that that is on on trend, and we're excited about developing and innovating uh, additional products using the chickpea flour as well. Lieberman also notes that the evolution of gluten-free and really any other specialty diet provides a roadmap for what is now happening more broadly in snacking. The the history of gluten-free definitely lends itself to what's going on with snacking. In a lot of ways, there's a great sort of comparison between the two. When 10 years ago, I think there was consumers were excited just to have gluten-free options. Um, And I think one can argue that a lot of those options 10 years ago didn't taste particularly um, great. Um, But consumers expect a lot more from gluten-free today, I think you know, there's been a lot more innovation in that category. And I think the, the expectation uh, that consumers has is, is much higher than it used to be. And I, I would argue that the same thing is happening in snacking and better for you snacking where, you know, a few years ago, just to have some, some better for you snacking options, um, you know, was, was, was enough. Um, Today, it's not, I think, because of just the, the growth in this category and just the, just sheer number of new products and new brands that, that come out seemingly daily, I think consumers are looking for things that really deliver the experience um, as well as, as the benefit. And I think there's just a much higher level of, of expectation that consumers have when it comes to better few snacks. Um, and I think the, that, that growth in the category is just going to mean, and with all the competition, just better products coming out to the marketplace and, you're going to need to deliver that in order to establish your your brand and your product line um, just because of the amount of competition that's out there. Building on the success of the gluten-free crisp, 34 Degrees next launched a quartet of sweet crisps that took the brand further into the snacking space. During this launch, Lieberman discovered the role of packaging is playing in the snack space, attributing part of the success of sweet crisps to their resealable bags that allow them to have easy access but also facilitated self-control. Next week at the Natural Products Expo West, 34 Degrees will further expand its snack portfolio with the launch of its Savory Baked Snaps, 
which once again used chickpea as a base. Uh, while our entertaining crackers are, you know, we kind of keep this, the flavors very subtle because they're meant to be to be paired. So we're really excited about going down a flavor path that we've kind of avoided for 10 plus years. Um, but we know consumers love, you know, love uh, to experiment. They love uh, new and bold flavors. And, and they also are always looking for um, unique, better for you snacking and, and different ingredients. So we're kind of taking all of those things and, and applying it in a way that um, is, is authentic to us um, and is in something that we, we've been doing for a long time. Um, and we're really excited about bringing this new line to the marketplace. Given the high failure rate of CPG launches, it's safe to say that having an on-trend and even great tasting product often is not enough to guarantee long-term success. Lieberman says 34 Degrees is able to succeed in part because it takes a narrow, not wide approach, and because he carefully selects strategic partners that can magnify the brand's impact. You know, it is a challenging industry. Um, It has not gotten less challenging in the last 10 years. It's gotten a lot more challenging, and I think definitely there's a need to adapt strategies um, every year, if not every day. And I think our strategy around snacking is very different than the approach we took with our entertaining line 10 years ago. It's just a different industry. It's a different category. And, you know, we still have a lot to learn and a lot to prove um, in snacking. I think the approach we're taking this time around um, is definitely to go um, more narrow than wide. Uh, We've built some great relationships with our uh, distributor and retail partners over the last 10 years. And I think rather than just put the product out, you know, everywhere imaginable and, and, you know, hope for success is not a winning strategy. So the approach we're taking this time is to really, you know, work very closely with some significant strategic partners, um, take, take a more methodical strategic approach to launching our snacking lines and, and really test and learn. Um, trial is key. So we want to make sure that, that consumers try this product. Um, there's obviously lots and lots of other snacks out there. And so I think getting consumers to, to try the product is, is key number one. Um, and we feel like, you know, given the fact that this company um, has limited resources, that really rolling it out or launching it at, at a limited number of strategic partners and, and testing it first um, is, is, you know, the, the right strategy. I um, mean, then we'll learn. We'll learn what works. We'll learn what doesn't work. Um, you know, there's always a need to to adapt, um, to tweak. Um, nothing is ever perfect when you, when you first launch it. Um, and our goal is to really learn um, the first you know couple months of, of what's resonating and, and what's not, and and then kind of adapt our strategy to to do a more broad launch. Um, you know, once we feel like we have some some great data and insights to leverage. We've had a unbelievable partnership and relationship with Fresca Foods, our manufacturing partner, that's been going on 12 years strong. And like any relationship, it just requires lots of uh, communication and, and uh, sitting down and working through your, your issues and your opportunities. And, you know, I think it really takes a lot of trust um, and a lot of, a lot of effort um, to make sure that those relationships and partnerships are working well for both parties. And, and, our retail uh, partnerships are, are no different. Um, you know, we really 
value the the relationships we have. We want to make sure that we're really getting to know our our partners, um, and that's across every aspect of the business. I mean, operational, uh, sales, and marketing. I mean, really, those relationships, especially being a small business, are so critical to the the growth and success of any business. So we we really pay a lot of attention to those relationships and and also recognize that they're not always home runs. Uh, sometimes you have to walk away uh, from from partnerships when it's not not serving the business. Um, and, and we've made some tough decisions over the years to to exit relationships that that aren't working. Um, they're painful in, in the short run, but but always long term are, are the right decisions. Another core component to 34 Degrees' long-term success is the collaborative environment that Lieberman has helped create by getting in the trenches to work alongside employees, but also giving them space to do their own jobs. I mean, for me, it starts with, with the team, and that that team is, is ultimately the most important difference maker in whether a company succeeds or fails, and I have an amazing team that uh, really allows this business to shine and, and to make all these crazy ideas and visions that I have um, come to life. And so I, I think it starts with, with selecting the right team and empowering them to, to be able to excel at, at what they do. And for me, it's very much a, a collaborative environment we have at 34 degrees. Our, our, Culture is is really about teamwork, and you know I'm probably a non-traditional CEO CEO in that sense that I'm really I'm in it I'm in it every day I'm at a a trade show right now working with our sales team and for me being out on the road with our team and and you know being at the manufacturing uh, facility to help develop new items I mean it's really about working closely with our team but also giving them space um, to to do what they do best. And, and for me, trust is just a, a big item. I mean, bringing great people on the team and, and trusting that they are going to help move the business forward and, and trying to you know, inspire them and, and get them to buy into the vision and, and the path forward um, and rallying them when things don't always work out well and, um, and hopefully, you know, giving them lots of praise when, when things do. And I think for me, it's, kind of how I know how to do things. It's not necessarily something that was taught to me at uh, CEO school, but, but just kind of instinctual in the sense that um, I'm in it with them and, and they're in it with me and, and together we're going to, to make things happen for, for the business. And finally, Lieberman says that for brands to succeed continually, they must never take a win for granted, but rather continually reinvent and improve themselves and their products. You know, while I, while we're really excited about where we're heading, um, that doesn't mean that the the job is is finished. I mean, it's always looking at what's happening in in this industry, um, which is changing every day, and trying to figure out your your space in it. Um, and so I think, you know, this business requires lots of persistence, um, but there's also equal parts um, confidence and humility required. I mean. And I think for us, you know, I've had this business for or started this business 15 years ago, um, but I consider consider it still a new business. And there's still a lot to prove. There's still a lot that I'm super excited to go out and make happen. Um, and I know that the future is just 
there's there's always going to be a need for um, great foods and great products out in the marketplace, and just there's always a desire to continually reimagine, um, you know, what what comes next. And for me, that's why I love doing what I do. Um, is that nothing ever stays still, and there's always opportunity out there um, to go grab. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week. <music>